الجزيرة بودكاست Donald Trump defendant in court defined on stage the first sitting or former president to face prosecution calls a case a political witch hunt but is it and what does it mean for his presidential bid and America's democratic system I'm Nick Clark and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast where we dissect analyze and help define major global stories All right, let's now get the thoughts of our guests. Joining us in Chicago is Bradley Moss, attorney at Mark Zaid Law Firm. He's a national security lawyer who's handled litigation against the United States government. Ryan Wiggins joins us from an undisclosed location for her safety. Uh, she's the chief of staff for the Trump-opposing Lincoln Project, a Republican strategist and former member of GOP. In Washington, D.C. is David Bolger, national security consultant, and former staffer with then-Senator Joe Biden. Greetings to you all. Uh, Ryan, if I could start with you, if I may. Uh, Once upon a time, this might have finished a candidate for presidency, but for Trump, it's just supercharged his hopes of running, hasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, your intro here, you talked about how um, Trump is likely going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. Last night, I think what we actually heard was his acceptance speech um, for his for to take the nomination from the GOP this next cycle. Um, you saw that all of his people, all of the people who were thinking about challenging him or, or had already announced that they were going to challenge him, all came on bended knee this past week and stood in line and got right behind the president, former president again. So, you know, I think that absolutely this has supercharged him. Um, I think it has supercharged his base. I think he's trying to use this uh, to get more people fired up. The man lives on chaos. He he strives on chaos. And so I think that that's what you're seeing here. I think you're seeing him try to take something that is a legal court proceeding. And as the DA said, you know, is, is their bread and butter in Manhattan? They take on these cases all the time. This is a case that has been in the works since 2017. Michael Cohen has already gone to jail for aiding and abetting in this. And so I think what you're seeing is him trying to take something that is very legal, very, you know, much part of our democracy and our judicial process and turn it into a media circus. And okay. unfortunately, his followers follow that. Uh, David, let me take up that the concept about American democracy, a very fragile time for American democracy. I don't think so. I think that uh, the uh, w- the grifting uh, activities that we witnessed yesterday, which is essentially uh, the modus operandi of uh, Donald Trump and has been since uh, he it, pretty much all his life, but b- probably beginning since 2015 in the political uh, arena. Uh, continues. Uh, this is a uh, just a pattern of uh, the same activity, uh, and what was uh, not discussed in the piece that uh, the segment that you opened with was how much money uh, he has raised since his indictment last week. I think it's probably over ten million dollars already, which none of the other candidates in the Republican Party can even get close to. So I think that uh, the Democrats have a have a real opportunity here to do nothing and essentially let the uh, the president's former president's actions uh, fall uh, where they may and really don't give him much uh, attention. But I know uh, considering what's happened over the last 72 hours, (laughs) I think 
that will continue and it'll dissipate uh, uh, throughout the year. And Bradley, let's just be clear on what this actually means for Donald Trump as a candidate. He can proceed to run even though he's been charged, right? Correct. He could proceed to run. He could win the election and we could be faced with a rather unique constitutional question of whether or not someone who had been tried and, let's say, for the hypothetical convicted and sentenced to prison time could nonetheless win the presidency. It's never happened before. We have no real idea of how we would handle it, but there's nothing that prohibits him in that context from winning uh, the presidency and from somehow becoming president. We'd have to figure out some type of procedure there because it's a state crime. So even if he was became president or even if an ally of his became president, no one can pardon him but the governor of New York, which isn't going to be happening. So that would still remain in place. So this is, a, is an interesting time for historical, political, and legal nerds. The rest of the country is just wanting to know when this is going to be over with. Right. I didn't realize that. I mean, there is precedent for people running for president from prison, but I didn't realize that if he actually is convicted, he could still be president. Correct. There's nothing in the Constitution that prohibits it. There's nothing that specifically addresses it. And anybody who says they know for certain what would happen, it's really just a pining on their best guesses because we've never contemplated that position. There's never been a serious candidate, anybody who realistically was going to win the presidency while running from prison. So we're all just guessing here. Ryan, what did you make of the charges? Did you anticipate there to be more uh, in terms of what we've got with the, what the former president is now defending himself against? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, you know, there there are several other cases that are currently pending beyond this one with, you know, Stormy Daniels that is in the New York courts right now. I mean, you know, you have election interference that is is currently happening, you know, in Georgia that they are looking at his at, at what he wanted to do there. And we've all heard the recordings of Trump asking them to find his, the votes that he needed. So, I mean, there's still that that's coming. You know, there's still the investigation into the classified documents that they found at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, all these things are still happening. Um, so, no, this this is this is, you know, the opening shot across the bow. But he is in a lot of legal trouble throughout the country for a for a plethora of different charges. And so, no, I was not surprised about this one. I mean, again, this one came from when he was running for president in 2016. There is still, you know, four years of, of bad behavior in the White House to, to look into. And there's still the 2020 election cycle to look into. And there's still what happened after the 2020 election cycle with his involvement in 1-6 that they're looking into. So he is, he is in a world of trouble right now. And this is just, you know, one of the many cases that are currently pending against this, this former president. Right. More to come. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to that in just a second. But, David, what about this, uh, you know, the move from misdemeanor, which was uh, potentially the original charge, onto the concept of a felony? Um, is it clear how that leap is being made and how much of a problem could that be when it does and if it actually comes to court, David? Well, I'm not that familiar with well, the I mean, New York uh, uh, criminal, criminal code. Or, or is this for Ryan? No, no, David, please carry on. Okay. I'm not that familiar with the New York criminal code, but I felt the 34 uh, felony counts uh, was was appropriate considering the fact that Michael, um, uh, uh, his former, um, Michael Cohen, his former uh, counsel uh, served time 
uh, force some very similar charges. But, you know, I've got a, a chuckle at, uh, you know, Ryan just ticked off all these things <laughs> that happened uh, during President Trump's uh, term as well as after, and it just continues and continues. And the question I would have is, where are all the Republican other other candidates? Why are they really sticking by this guy? Uh, and that it just seems so strange that in light of what happened yesterday and the coverage today and his caustic remarks last night, why anybody will, would uh, vouch for uh, the former president? Do you not think that that is just a temporary thing that that's people like DeSantis will, uh, you know, the Florida candidate, that he will come out and, uh, you know, be more persuasive in, in putting himself forward? Well, I think that, it, you know, it used to be, I've worked on political campaigns uh, for a while, and, you know, it used to be, when, once you say something that's get picked up by the media, uh, that's your record. Donald Trump turned that upside down. And I think uh, the people who are less um, uh, less grifting in their approach to life, uh, like DeSantis, like Lindsey Graham, like uh, a number of other uh, candidates, uh, they, they, are, uh, they think that they can do it too. And so it's really unfortunate that that is the, one of the parts of uh, uh, President Trump's legacy is that he, he say one thing one, one minute and then uh, say just the opposite uh, uh, a minute later. Uh, Bradley, I just want to come to something that Ryan mentioned, and, and that is that the fact that there is more to come. Uh, and this is the thing, isn't it? Because he could face criminal charges in at least two other cases. Tell us about those and how that will fit into the whole picture. Yeah, so this is going to become sort of like a traffic jam over the next couple months with what we expect to be multiple more indictments. This was just the opening salvo. This was, as Ryan mentioned, this was tied back to 2016. The other ones that we've got, there's the probe in Fulton County where the district attorney had that special grand jury that concluded a report. We're just waiting to see what indictments, if any, the district attorney brings tied to that, you know, perfect phone call with the Georgia Secretary of State. But then you've got the two federal probes. You've got Jack Smith's inquiry into the classified documents issue and the obstruction related to that. And of course, you have January 6th and what we many of us expect to be a conspiracy to defraud case brought against the former president tied to his efforts to overturn the election in the weeks and ultimately days leading up to January 6th. So he, if these indictments do come out, he's going to have a traffic jam, not just the various pretrial motions and hearings, but of trial dates. You know, the New York case currently is scheduled for early 2024, just as the voters in Republican primaries first start going to the polls to, uh, to cast ballots. He could have these other cases. He could be facing trials throughout the winter and spring of 2024. And while, you know, I have a lot of, you know, uh, I have to give a lot of credit to Donald Trump on how he holds on to the Republican base. I do think there will be a point where even Republican primary voters have said enough is enough. We can't take on whether it's Joe Biden or another Democrat. We can't go into the general election with someone who's facing multiple criminal trials. So that's going to be a lot of political headwind for him, putting aside the potential criminal headwinds. As we speak, there doesn't the headwinds is firmly in his favor, isn't it? Yes. From a political standpoint, yes. I'm oh, sorry, was that for me or for David? No, you carry on and then we'll bring in Ryan. Oh, yeah. 
That's right. Yeah. So from a from a short term perspective, from a political perspective, yes, it's absolutely in his favor. He's going to get a fundraising boost. There's going to be an initial rally around the leader effect uh, in the Republican primary. Mind you, we are what eight months, nine months away at least from the first ballots being cast in the Republican primary. That's a lifetime, if not three lifetimes in American politics in the context of a presidential election. Campaigns have risen and fallen in presidential primaries in the past and during that kind of time frame. So any number of things could happen. What will be interesting to see is if there are more indictments, particularly at the federal level, over the course of the next two to four months, does some of that support within the Republican primary base start to erode? Do they start looking to a Ron DeSantis or somebody else who doesn't have the criminal baggage of Donald Trump? So, Ryan, respond to that and, and then move on to the timeline for this and what your thinking is about how this will pan out in terms of you know, upcoming uh, primaries and then the election itself. I think that, you know, what we just said about, you know, there being eight months before the first vote is cast and all that is very true with a normal candidate. But Trump is not a normal candidate. Even after 1-6, the most or the lowest approval rating he had inside of his own party was 40%. Okay. It's a cult, guys. It is a cult. These people believe everything he says. I don't see that number moving. I think that he will continue to have 40%, if not more, because they are believing what he's saying about it being a witch hunt. And while we all know this is the judicial system playing out, this is his his people are not thinking that way. They live inside a bubble. They are getting their news from Fox News and OAN and other right-leaning news sources. I say news very, very loosely there. They're entertainment sources. But this is who his base listens to. They listen to QAnon. They're into conspiracy theories. I mean, last night, that rally was 100% greatest hits of his propaganda. And so, no, I don't think, I think he becomes the nominee regardless of what happens. If anything, I think this fires up his base. Now, whether the American people will accept that or not is a totally different ballgame. But I don't think Ron DeSantis has a chance in hell of being a nominee for the Republican Party. I think it will definitely be Trump. Now, as far as the timeline goes for all of this, I don't know. You know, the judicial, the, the DOJ, and, and I know most of these cases are not before DOJ, but some of them are. The DOJ tries very hard to stay out of politics or even looking like they are involved in politics. So the fact that this is all coming to, to a head during a presidential election year where he is an announced candidate, um, I think that it, I, I think that he will try to drag it out because that's what Trump does. I think that he will try every appeal, every legal you know, shenanigan there is in the book to try to prolong this to get it to not happen until after the election. And I think DOJ is probably not in a big hurry to look like they are trying to, you know, tamper with our elections either. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if some of these don't come until after the election in 2024. Now, the conversation will continue through that. And whether that helps or hurts, I think we will see. But I, I have a strong suspicion that it will help him in the primary and potentially hurt him in the general. Uh, David Bolger, what's your thinking about this? Uh, the thing is, it wasn't that long ago that uh, Trump's political popularity seemed to be waning. He was waning as a political force. And it funny, it's funny how things turn around, isn't it? Well, I think it's a it's a blip, actually. The uh, And this is his playbook uh, or the Roger Stone playbook. You have the political playbook and then you have the legal playbook. And the political playbook is... Uh, we want to take every opportunity we can, uh, every crisis we can, and turn it in a way that where we are the victim, uh, we uh, have nothing to uh, 
shouldn't be blamed for this. Uh, we've done everything right. Every call is perfect. Every uh, action is the best. Uh, and so that's kind of the way he he goes right now. On the legal side, just as uh, Ryan mentioned, it's going to be delay, delay, delay. Uh, if we think, I think yesterday there was a discussion of uh, maybe a trial or an appearance in December and then maybe a, an early trial in uh, January. That's not going to happen. I think there's going to be motion after motion after motion filed to extend uh, all these cases. But I think what is going to happen is, uh, as um, uh, Bradley mentioned, is that there's a, uh, a traffic jam. You're going to have all these cases happening at once, and it's going to make it very difficult. And uh, I think you were going to see a few of the Republicans peeling away and essentially saying enough is enough. And do you think, uh, Bradley, that the best approach for Democrats while this is all unfolding is to keep silent like the president, like Joe Biden? Yeah, if I'm the Democrats right now, I want to be as quiet and normal and calm and presidential in the context of Joe Biden as possible right now and give a completely different side-by-side -side comparison to the chaos that is Donald Trump right now. If your enemy is punching himself in the face, don't stop him. You know, Donald Trump is going to keep doing what he's going to keep doing because that's his playbook, as David was mentioning. And to an extent, there is a part of the Republican base who's going to go with it no matter what. But think of all the people who had decided to go with Donald Trump in 2016, who then abandoned him in 2020 and elected Joe Biden. Think of anyone who's looking at this chaos and going, oh, sure, I want to go back to all that for another four years of a presidency. No, the last thing Democrats should be doing is coming anywhere near this news cycle. Let him self-implode. He will do it eventually. Ryan, is that something you agree with? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that, you know, one of the things that is frustrating about being a former Republican strategist and now working against the Republican Party is to look at this and say the Democrats are buying into the Republican talking points when it comes to Biden. Biden has been an incredible president. He has gotten things done that we have not ever seen. We have we have a lower, you know, unemployment rate. You know, inflation is actually coming down. You know, he he inherited just a bag of crud and has made it so much better. They need to stop talking about, you know, but is he too old? No, he's not. He's not. He is only a couple of years older than Trump, and Trump is definitely going to be running. So you know what? Be grateful that you have a candidate who, who is so knowledgeable about the issues that are facing this country right now and facing this world right now, is so well accepted on a global stage. And, and you're absolutely right. Keep your mouth shut, sit back, and watch the Republicans beat themselves up. Bradley, I'm just wondering if, from the point of view of what all three of you are saying, I'm just wondering if it's you're putting too much faith in the fact that the American people as a whole will consider that Trump is ultimately on the way out because he's shown he's such a fighter in the course of things. And these cases, as we've just seen in recent weeks, have really bolstered his position, reversed his position, in, in many would argue. Don't you think there's, there's more to his chances than all three of you are saying? In, uh, like, I think, like I think all three of us have said, in the short term, particularly in the primary, it may bolster his chances. And, and, you know, I might be wrong. He might still win the nomination here, even if there are these ultimate indictments. But for the general election populace, 
for you think about this is the, this man was a fighter. He's a was a fighter in 2017. Republicans lost. 2018 midterms. Republicans lost. 2020. Trump lost. Being a fighter only gets him so far. It plays like gangbusters with his base. They love it. But the critical, you know, five to ten percent, particularly independents, the ones who sway elections back and forth, the ones who abandoned Hillary in 2016 and then abandoned Trump in 2020, none of them are looking at this going, oh, yes, we identify with someone who falsifies business records to cover up a hush money payment. We want more of this chaos. That doesn't mean they love Joe Biden right now, but they don't want to go back to that. Uh, Ryan, I just want to ask you uh why you wanted us not to disclose your location is a reflection of the state of the United States right now and the, and the polarization that we see. Well, you know, it's like I said, I was a former GOP strategist and in Florida and, you know, with what's going on in Florida right now with Ron DeSantis. And I mean, just this past week, he had his former political opponent and head of the Democrats in the state arrested. You know, when I started my career, being a political consultant wasn't a dangerous thing. It was an interesting thing. And many would say a very boring thing. Um, I'm ready for it to get back to that. I mean, there have been death threats. I've had people try to come after my children and my family. And it happens to everyone at Lincoln Project because we are, you know, the tip of the spear. We are in the fight. We do stick our thumbs in, in Trump's eyes regularly. And so, unfortunately, because of that, because of what I do for a living and because of the turmoil in this country right now, it is very dangerous. And I do have two children and I just I I prefer to not let, you know, the enemy know where I may be. <laughs> Sure. I mean, it's a sad, sad state of affairs, isn't it? But David Bolger, what, what's your Terrible. sense of where this whole legal process leaves the United States and, and actually uh, exaggerating these extremes, this polarization we're seeing in American politics and in the American discourse as a whole? Well, I think, uh, you know, the people on this uh, show probably were glued to our uh, computers and, and mobile phones and TVs. Uh, but I, it's my hope that uh, during the day yesterday, um, uh, most Americans were at their jobs and working, uh, and really don't don't really give uh, uh, give too much of a uh, an interest in this. We still have uh, just over fifty three percent, I think, of uh, the public voting. So uh, it's not as if we're um, breaking any. Uh, you know, uh, there's people are uh, that politically engaged, but. You know, Ryan's uh, comments there are extremely sad. I mean, that's that's tr tremendously it's dangerous. It's unfortunate uh, and, and it's quite scary. So I, I I'm sorry you have to go through that. Uh, I think what Donald Trump brought to the game uh, and there was a it was he he's not the main reason that this has happened. But there's been a, a turnover over the last few decades in American politics of essentially uh, not going, not reaching a compromise, not uh, doing it for the good of the American people. It's what's in it for me. What do I need to get reelected and and repeat? That's uh, the your okay. your opponent is your enemy. Uh, and it's not it's uh, it's just a terrible way to go. And it's not the way you uh, govern. So I think there's uh, on both sides of uh, the uh, political spectrum. But I think it's more uh, Trump's base 
is being uh, essentially fed red meat every single day. Okay. And I think it just, that's what gets most of the coverage. All right, it's gonna be very interesting to see how it all unfolds. Thanks to all our guests, to Bradley Moss, Ryan Wiggins and David Bolger. Thanks very much indeed. The program was edited by Leroy Messina, Lynn Gwynn and Joe DeFries. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thanks for listening. Tune in on Thursday for our next episode.